Welcome to Balance 365 Life Radio, a podcast that delivers honest conversations about food, fitness, weight, and wellness. I'm your host, Annie Breeze, along with Jennifer Campbell and Lauren Kosky. We are personal trainers, nutritionists, and founders of Balance 365. Together, we coach thousands of women each day and are on a mission to help them feel healthy, happy, and confident in their bodies on their own terms. Join us here every week as we discuss hot topics pertaining to our physical, mental, and emotional well-being with amazing guests. Enjoy. Thanks for joining us here on Balance 365 Life Radio. I am really excited about this episode, and we actually jumped this topic to the head of the line because we felt it was just that important, especially this time of year. Today, Lauren, Jen, and I discuss the importance of setting boundaries with your friends and your family as it pertains to discussions about bodies and behaviors. Women's appearance, exercise routines, and eating habits seem to be free game and constantly open for discussion and debate. Conversations about who's gained weight, who's lost weight, how Aunt Jan has given up carbs, or the latest supermodel that got her body back so quickly after baby number three can unfortunately be heard across the globe. After working with thousands of women, we know that with the holiday season, many of us might find ourselves on the receiving end or at the very least within earshot of comments of this nature. This unwelcomed commentary can be shocking, infuriating, but most importantly, it can be really harmful, especially to the little eyes and ears that are watching and listening. On this episode, we dive into the importance of women and mothers setting boundaries around diet talk and body shaming, share ideas on how to respond and address these comments if and when they happen, and finally, how to help you and your children process those same situations. As always, our free private Facebook group can be a great space to continue the discussion if you so wish. You can find us on Facebook at Healthy Habits, Happy Moms. We'll see you on the inside. Lauren and Jen, we're all three together. It's been a while. Hi. Hi. You're just here for the party. We know, Lauren. (laughs) Jen, how are you? Good. I really missed recording with you guys. I was away and you did like three episodes without me. I know. You you were on a little family vacation. Yeah. Looked fun. We missed you though. Yeah, I missed you guys too, but um, it was like my first holiday in with my kids in years. So it was a lot of fun. And I have to say for the parents listening that it is a whole different world to go on holidays with children who are five, six, and nine than babies and toddlers. That's really good to hear. (laughs) So there's hope? Oh, yeah. Well, it just got, for us, it got to a point where I was like, we aren't traveling anymore. I can't do this. I can't take three car seats and a double stroller and, you know, and a diaper bag on every holiday. It's too, I might as well just stay home because it's more stressful on holiday. So now it was just surreal to just be sitting back and watching my kids handle themselves like carry backpacks and yeah and just like not have myself loaded down you know like I just had a backpack too oh it was amazing um I heard uh a comparison made that there's a difference between vacation and trips and you take a trip with your family (laughs) (laughs) it's not it doesn't always feel like a vacation it's sometimes a lot of work the other thing when you have little babies and toddlers is we would always do like Airbnb apartments 
because we just felt like we needed the space. And with kids getting up in the night, we, you know, we just needed like different rooms, etc. And but that meant that we were also cooking and cleaning up after ourselves on quote unquote holidays too. And I would sometimes be like, why did we leave home? Like, I'm just feel like I'm in the kitchen all the time. So on this trip, we only stayed in hotels and we ate out for every meal. And I can't even tell you how great that was too, to not cook for 10 days. It was amazing. Yeah, that sounds, it sounds really nice. And the weather looked yeah. so nice. And- yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. But we're happy to have you back because we have, a, we have a really good topic and I think uh, it's going to be best addressed and best covered with all three of us on board. And this is actually kind of um, a combination of two topics that we've discussed either in a podcast or a blog post that we kind of married together. And we actually are doing kind of a last minute recording because we wanted to squeeze this topic in before the holidays because what comes up so frequently uh, in our community, which if you're not a part of it, it's Healthy Habits, Happy Moms on Facebook, over 40,000 women. It's a great place to continue the discussion, ask questions, get support if you need it. Um, but something that comes up in our community often is how to respond to comments about your body or behaviors and how then to set boundaries with family members. And with it being the holiday season, it seems like we're exposed to so many more opportunities to have those comments thrown at us, right? And and it's a really common experience with women in our communities that our, our bodies and our behaviors, what's on our plate, how we're exercising, how we're talking, how we look, always seem to be free game for discussion and debate. And it, it's really regardless of your body shape and size because prior to this, um, when we covered it in a podcast, the first time I did a poll in our community and women of all shapes and sizes has experienced comments and remarks like this. And it can not only be shocking, but infuriating. And it can also be harmful to everyone with an earshot, right? right. And Jen, you made, it was, it was we're approaching the, the two-year anniversary um, of the blog post that you wrote that was amazing. It's still on our blog today, but you made an amazing analogy of the harmful effects of body shaming, disordered eating behaviors, negative body talk as it relates to smoking. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, first of all, it's wild. Two years ago. I know. <laughs> and so we we are talking about the same things, which is great. We hope it's sinking in two years later. So I am the analogy queen in our community, and I find that sometimes drawing parallels in other areas of life is what really gets this stuff to stick with women. And the other thing, um, when we talk about disordered eating... I just want everybody to know that in like eating disorder, I guess, literature and circles, dieting is considered under the realm of disordered eating. So um, dieting is disordered eating. (laughs) So um, when you are talking about dieting um, around the Christmas dinner table or Thanksgiving dinner table, you're actually talking about disordered eating, your disordered eating behaviors. And a hundred years ago, it might have been shocking that somebody would would speak up at dinner to say that they're purposely starving themselves or cutting out carbs. But over the years, it's become normalized. So it's part of our normal conversation to discuss these things. Um, so 
what I compared it to in this blog post was that at one point, smoking indoors used to be completely normal. My stepmom talks about how she had my older sister in hospital and they whisked the baby away after and the first thing she did was light up a cigarette in the hospital (laughs) and everybody had an ashtray right beside their hospital bed and so this was about 40 years ago. Today that would never fly so the damaging health effects of smoking and secondhand smoking it is well researched we know the effects smoking is banned in public spaces we keep it around we keep it away from children i don't know what the rules are down there but in canada it's illegal to smoke cigarettes inside of a vehicle if you have anyone in the car that's under 16 um and we have family members who smoke and I don't think they would dream of smoking inside my house. However, if they came over and tried, I would immediately, I would have, you know, no issue with saying, oh, can you please take that outside? This is a smoke-free home. So the parallel I drew is that we also know the effects of discussing bodies and disordered eating. We know that they have serious long-term effects to your own personal health, but also to the little ears or the children in the room listening to all of this. And setting a boundary with friends and family around smoking is probably not a problem for anyone listening. However, it still feels extremely uncomfortable to set this boundary around um, talking about weight, bodies, disordered eating, dieting. But if you really put that into context, hey, we know this is extremely harmful. Um, And if you're having trouble setting the boundary for yourself, just really think like, now is the time that you need to step up for your kids and say, hey, no, this is not okay to discuss around our kids. Um, If you want to talk to me about this later, that's fine. But, you know, there's little ears in the room. And oftentimes... um you know, the difference here is that unlike smoking, many people aren't aware just yet of the harmful consequences of this type of talk and uh, how contagious it is and how detrimental it can be to the eyes and ears that are watching and listening. And um, I think if people knew, which is part of our mission, right, to draw attention to the negative consequences of dieting and body shaming and weight talk, um, if people knew like they know the harmful effects of smoking, you know, maybe they would be changing the conversation. Absolutely. So it's sort of like in the quote unquote olden days, they talk about how the big tobacco companies went to great lengths to hide the um, negative effect. They knew what the negative effects of smoking were and they went to great lengths to try and sort of cover that up. Um, and they were lobbying government, et cetera, et cetera. They would have doctors as their spokespeople saying smoking was safe. And that basically is happening today with diet companies. You have, you know, huge diet companies. They have crazy popular spokeswomen or or spokespeople, I should say, um, fronting their brand. 
but the research hasn't caught up with with the public yet. It's not common knowledge yet. So, but we know it is well researched. We have decades and decades of research about how harmful dieting is, how harmful body shaming is, especially for children. Um, like body-based teasing is one of the biggest contributors to future disordered eating slash eating disorders. So the other thing is that um, I think I feel like awareness around mental health is just coming to um, the forefront, I guess, where in years gone past, we haven't talked about mental health as much. The focus really has been on physical health. Um, And now we're starting to see more talk of mental health and taking care of our mental health and what that means for people. Um, But I don't think talking about mental health is as widely accepted yet either. So it's quite a big conversation. This podcast, what we wanted to cover and talk about and just sort of bring to people's consciousness is it's okay to set boundaries in your home around what you expose your children to. Right. Because it's, you know, essentially in that blog post, which we can link in the show notes, uh, along with all the research or uh, just a handful of the research that we've looked at, um, essentially, you know, kind of compares it to uh, being trapped in a smoky room. You know, right. when yeah. when you are uh, filling your home over the holidays or your environment with that sort of talk, I mean, it's this, it's the parallel is there, right? And it's not it's not one time that's going to make or break, but it's that constant exposure, um, the fact that they don't have a place to process this, that they can't escape, that they don't have an alternative, that there's no discussion about. Um, you know, the consequences and why you would do this or that. Like, that's that's really what we want to begin to bring to light, right? Yeah, and children are listening. Like, they want to listen, right? I catch my oldest son. He's nine. I see him all the time. I can just see him. He's paying attention to what the adults are talking about. He wants to know. He's interested. He's learning how to be an adult, right? Um, and so this is something that we... <laughs> we pretty much hand down to our children as acceptable and okay. So what we see today, um, we see this a lot in our Facebook group um, and just on social media in general, you hear a lot of women talking about or sharing stories of somebody commenting about their body and how offended they are, whether somebody asks them if they're expecting or um, if they've lost weight or what diet they're on. And women are saying, hey, you know, they're starting to notice. People comment on our bodies all the time. But this is learned behavior, right? This isn't some evil person, you know, or mean-spirited person popping right. up and just body shaming. It It's learned behavior. We make it acceptable um, at an early age. So anybody who's making those comments today probably grew up in an environment where it was absolutely okay. And I think we're still in that environment. If you are checking out at the grocery store and the it's full of trashy magazines around you, you'll see that we have, it's open season on women's bodies and men's to a degree. Um, you might have a National Enquirer there talking about who's, which celebrities have let themselves go, what weight this celebrity is, what weight that celebrity is, who has gotten their body back after baby, 
you know, the quickest. Um, it is open season. And that's the kind of stuff that goes on around us that might not might not even be, you know, in our consciousness, right? So if you start paying attention, you'll see it's not just happening around the dinner table at Christmas, it's happening everywhere. And at some point you need to step up and say, hey, this is not okay. And you need to go to your children and say, this is not okay. This is not what our family values. And just because, you know, Uncle Ted, you know, talks about women's bodies that way, it is it is absolutely not okay. And you need to set that boundary with Uncle Ted or whoever your uncle is or aunt <laughs> and let them know that's not okay. And if that has to happen in front of your kids, all the better. Um, I just want to circle back just in case um, people aren't familiar with, with some of the statistics out there that I, I feel like we share frequently, but uh, I you can never hear these enough in my opinion. But I think, as you said, the research is out there. It's Our kids are listening. And some of the statistics about it are just shocking. I mean, as, a, as, um, as it pertains to adult women, approximately half of women engage in disordered eating and risky dieting practices, um, including one third of women report purging. Right. Um, 75% of women report that their weight interferes with their happiness, um, which I've been there. That's That's been me at various points in my life. Um, a study of five-year-old girls, a significant proportion of girls associate diet with food restriction, weight loss, and thinness. Like how, you know, how do they know this? Where are they right. learning this? Right. Absolutely. 37% mm-hmm. of girls in grade nine and 40% in grade 10 perceive, them, perceive themselves as too fat. Again, where are they learning this? Why do they think that? More than half of the girls and a third of the boys engage in unhealthy weight control behaviors. For example, fasting, vomiting, laxative, skipping meals, or smoking to control their appetite. Again, like they're listening, they're watching, they're listening, they're observing. Mm -hmm. And by the time a girl is 17 to 18 years old, that stat is up to 80%. So 80% of 17 and 18 year old girls believe they need to lose weight. Right. Like these aren't like, you know, these aren't like outliers. This is the majority of our population. And again, this is all learned behavior. Right. And it's, you know, this, this, we, we have uh, a little bit of control over here and that's why we're in the business that we're in because it's not just enough for the three of us to parent our kids. Like we need everyone on board to really make a really big impact. So that's part of our mission to like create this big wave, this ripple effect, just like everyone's on board and everyone's promoting healthy, balanced lifestyles without all this other unnecessary, unhealthy behavior. Totally. I look at my local supermarket and the changes that they've made to have a healthier physical environment for my children. So when I take them shopping, um, there are, they're called like, um, junk food free aisles so that you don't have to deal with like your kids seeing the treats and wanting, you know, asking you for treats. So you can choose to go down that those checkouts instead of the ones that are lined with candy. And also in my local supermarket, they have a basket of fruits and vegetables for kids to just take for free to, to eat while you're shopping. And so I think, wow, look at these changes they've made for our children's physical health, right? 
taking away the um, less nutritious food and offering more nutritious food. So now let's take it a step further and how can they support my child's mental health? So it's one thing to have an aisle that's free of junk food, but now I have to take my kids down this aisle that is instead stocked with magazines full of body shaming. And my kids can read now. And so I'm so I'm going, which is worse? You've taken away the junk food, you've replaced it with this basically junk for your brain. Right. Essentially. Yes. But, you know, as, as we, um, we said, I, I remember when you wrote this blog post, Jen, and you and I had this conversation, and I think uh, we came across the uh, saying, prepare your kids for the road, not the road for your kids. Because right. this is unfortunately part of our culture. You're going to, you're going to be outside of your bubble, especially in the holiday season, or, you know, even if it like, summer approaches, you know, and more skin is shown and you're at barbecues or, you know, year round it happens. Um, you're going to be outside of your little bubble inside of our community. It's like, this stuff doesn't happen. Right. <laughs> right. Right. But when we, when we leave our homes, it's like, or we go to the grocery store, it's like, oh my gosh, it really is everywhere. It's going to happen. Um, so what do you do when it happens? You set a boundary. You can set a boundary. And as you said, it can be so uncomfortable to think about setting a boundary for yourself and speaking up for yourself. But if you put it in terms of like, I'm standing up for my kid, then it's like, totally. so, as a mother, it's like, oh, it becomes so much easier. Right? Yes. Then it's like, rawr. Yeah. yeah. Inner... <laughs> Mama bear, right? Mama yes. lion. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, setting boundaries, let's talk about how to do that because it can be uncomfortable. It can, it can be scary, but I think, um, you in that blog post, again, you gave, uh, a couple very concise, clear, non-confrontive, kind hearted responses. And I think we, you could just put these in your back pocket. You can put your own twist on them. Um, the first one is, Hey, I understand that you're struggling with your eating behaviors right now. Could we save this conversation for when little ears aren't around? And I think that's, I think that's perfect. You know, so I picture myself at the, like at the buffet table, <laughs> you know, and my, and my aunt Jan's putting stuff on her plate that, Oh, I shouldn't have this many carbs, but man, I'm just so excited to eat this and I'll just have to work it off afterwards. And it's going to go straight to my butt and you know, like that sort of talk. Like, yeah. Total disordered talk. Right. It's totally normalized in our culture. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, th four years ago, I probably would have been like, ah, ha, 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 ha. Now right. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. No. <laughs> like, yeah. could we save that conversation for when little ears aren't around? And it's the three of us have have had this conversation so many times. We feel very comfortable being like, yeah, I'd be happy to talk with you about how to balance your meals, more sustainable practices for your health and wellness, and how that talk isn't really serving you. Like we we could talk that talk that all day. Um, some of our listeners might not be willing or interested in having that conversation, and that's totally cool too. But I think that um, just acknowledging little ears are listening, mm -hmm. and we're just gonna zip it right now, right? <laughs> Yeah, like if somebody, I mean, I know we all probably swear a little bit, but if somebody like came roaring into the kitchen and was just like dropping F-bombs every second word and your kids are sitting there, you might be like, hey, there's little ears here. Maybe we could cut that back. Except Annie's giggling. She's like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yep. Mm -hmm. Don't tell me how to talk. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, Jen, I think the secondhand smoke analogy was so, so good because I'd like to toy coin the term now secondhand dieting because like that's basically what it is and um if you've listened to the podcast you'll know I started dieting when I was 12 right and it's because secondhand dieting was constant it was a constant topic of conversation in my family um especially um one side compared to the other but it was it was constant and I would never you know, blame my family for any of that. Everyone's, as we know, doing our best. No one's doing it on purpose, but it's how, it's how like my grandma's generation and my mom's generation was raised Absolutely. and they didn't know any better. Just like before we didn't know any better about smoking. Right. And so when I think of back to that, like I would sing the Jenny Craig song, like, Oh my goodness. Like I knew the Jenny Craig song, right? Like, Let's and I would hear sing it, it. Lauren. 1-800-JENNY-20. <laughs> That's all I remember. But, like, I would sing it, and I just cringe now thinking about all of the stuff that I listen to. And that's kind of what I draw from if I ever have to set that boundary for my kids. Like, my daughter just turned five, so I'm at the point now where it's going to – I'm going to have to be more intentional, intentional and more careful about it moving forward and if you've listened to the podcast, you'll know last year we already had like our first incident with that at preschool talking about, you know, good food versus bad food. And I had to start that there earlier than I even thought I would. But at this point going forward, it just gets you have to be more and more intentional about it. And it's everywhere. So as Annie had mentioned before, like you can't you can media literacy is one of the most powerful tools in this sort of disordered eating slash negative body image crisis we are in with our children. And I can't always be there to filter for my kids, but I can teach them how to filter, right? Right. And so one thing I noticed, we haven't had cable for years. And last uh, Christmas, we were up at the ski hill here where where um where we live and we were staying there over the christmas period staying in a hotel and we would watch tv in the evenings and i was shocked at how many diet commercials came on while we were watching tv and i probably wouldn't even have noticed this five years ago because it was just part of my life it's part of everybody's lives where now i'm so conscious of it and suddenly i'm going like, we are muting the TV during commercials because this is ridiculous. Every single commercial break, there was a Weight Watchers ad. And just horrible, toxic messaging. I remember just in particular one woman um, saying, I can eat whatever I want and still lose weight. And I was like, ah, my kids are taking this BS in. Like, so then we started muting it um, during commercials because I just... I just did not, and I'm like, you know, and how kids are, they just like stare at a TV and they're just zoned out, whether it's the TV show or the commercial. And I, I was just like, this is not something I want them hearing over and over and over every commercial break. It's like, they're like hypnotized by it and being brainwashed. And I think that goes back to, um, you know, just that awareness that you said before, Jen, sometimes you don't know mm -hmm. how prevalent it is until you start listening and you just like that might just be your first step you don't have to take any action maybe you don't set a boundary this holiday season maybe right. maybe where you're at is you're just starting to pay attention and you create awareness and you know um 
you know how like when you're pregnant or maybe you're trying to get pregnant and all you see is pregnant women? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's what this is. Yeah, it <laughs> it's is. like the, pow- the power of suggestion. Once you see it, it's everywhere. I mean, I swear I tell people like, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a personal trainer. And it's like, all of a sudden they go to confession. Right. It's yeah. like, oh my gosh, I haven't been to a gym in years and I ate, oh my gosh, I need to get back and I need to do, and I'm like, I, it, it's okay. I'm not like, you don't have to repent your sins. Right. Right. <laughs> like, um, and it's just. Yeah, like it's the magazine titles, it's it's the conversations with your hairdresser when you're getting your hair cut, it's, you know, the woman that's evaluating your food at the grocery checkout line, like, oh, is this a good food? Is it, I heard this was healthy for you. You know, it's like, it's just everywhere. Yeah, you can't, you have to be really, you have to be, and that's why it's so important to hand those tools off to your kids to be critical thinkers about it, right? So my son... um, when we were on this holiday, we were talking about it at the start of the show, we were watching, again, TV in the hotel room. And this, um, we were in San Diego, California. And one thing I've noticed from previous trips to California is weight loss advertising is cranked up there compared to where I live in Canada, which might just be the culture of California. Um, so it's like, it's on the radio everywhere. And I just found out like, whoa, like it's definitely not as prevalent where I live. So um, the commercial that came on was like a freeze the fat thing like it's like a I don't know if it's like a liposuction procedure or whatever it's just a commercial and it came on and I was like here we go and my son was like this is ridiculous that doesn't even work <laughs> I was like nice yes so you can right you can teach them and um I try and just say to my kids like you know, we obviously don't shame people who are dieting or whatever. We, you have to be careful of that too as well. But I just say like, you know, that stuff doesn't work. And there's a lot of companies out there who will take advantage of people who are struggling and with how they feel about themselves. Um, But, you know, this stuff does not work. And there's a lot of fake things that go on behind the scenes that trick you into believing it works, but it doesn't. So, yeah. Well, and to add to that, um, just as there are people in my life that I love dearly and I look up to in many ways, they also smoke. Right. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. there, there's a lot of great people that are also stuck in diet culture and, and body shame and weight talk. And that doesn't mean that they're bad humans or they're terribly hum- like I love them just as much and and they don't need shaming you know like my 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 mom my mom smoked for years and i i hated that element of her but i loved i loved her i hated that behavior i should say but i loved her dearly well you know if you go back to our stages of change podcast where people are with smoking is okay the awareness is there it's not good for you the tough part with smoking is it's it's an addiction, right? So they are constantly, in, I mean, I think pretty much all smokers are in the cycle of change. Most smokers are probably thinking of quitting all the freaking time. It's just so difficult. Where when it comes to dieting and disordered eating, there's not an addiction there, but if you've listened to previous podcasts about the diet cycle, it almost mimics one where you're you just can't stop trying to diet (laughs) you like you just keep going back to it you get stuck in that cycle but most dieters are not even they the awareness isn't even there that this is something that is unhealthy for them and that they could even stop doing it it's just part of their everyday life like that's what we do we diet or we don't diet we're on the wagon or we're off the wagon and that's what their (laughs) whole life is right so 
when you are setting this boundary with people, just keep that in mind. Like this, this is, could be brand new information to them. It likely is that this Mm -hmm. is, that your family doesn't diet, your family doesn't body shame, your family doesn't sit around talking about your own weight or other people's weight. And it's harmful. It's harmful to you and it's harmful to children to hear that will be brand new information. So if you decide to set that boundary, go gentle. As as Annie said, you don't have to set that boundary. That is an option. I would personally talk, if, if I was in a situation where I felt very uncomfortable setting that boundary, I would make sure to speak about, I would speak to my children about it later. Hey, you know, when grandpa was saying this or that, like, just so you know, that's not what we believe and that wasn't accurate. You're jumping ahead of that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> You just got so excited. No, I I think that's a great segue. Just to circle back to setting boundaries, um, you know, like comments, if you need some actual statement, I always have a hard time putting words on my emotions and my feelings. So I like to have these one-liners to put in my back pocket that I can practice saying. And it can be, you know, like I said before, can we save this conversation for when the kids aren't around? Um, my child can eat what he or she wants. Eyes on your own plate, please. Can we just, can we change their subject? Right. I mean, as simple, simple as that. And then as far as comments made to you about your own body or about someone else, whether they're in the room or not, I mean, um, my, uh, one of my personal training clients talks about how her father always comments about women in the media and their bodies. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter because somehow they're immune because they can't hear us and they're celebrities and it like, they don't count. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, but, um, it's still worth addressing in my opinion, but the first step is decide if you want to have that conversation or not. And sometimes you may not want to. It might be the wrong time, the wrong person. You don't have the energy. And and in fact, Lauren, I remember you talking about um, a family member that you were just like, this just isn't a conversation I'm willing to have with her at this point in my life, in her life. Do you remember that? Yeah, there's a lot of my family members actually that I do not really speak about nutrition or whatever unless I'm asked. And so as far as I go is setting a boundary unless I'm asked about it. Right. Um, you know, and then the second, the second option I think too, is if someone makes a comment to you, I think Jen, you gave this suggestion a couple times is to be curious and just simply say, why do you ask that? Why do you say that? Can you tell me more? That's interesting. And just see where they're coming from and see where that goes. Because so often, you know, someone makes a comment to me and again, years ago, you know, four years ago, Annie would have been like, (gasps) and I would have been offended and embarrassed and ashamed and angry and infuriated. But so often, like, that's not usually how conversations like end well. (laughs) Yeah. Or why does, you know, why does that matter to you? Why is this relevant? How does that affect your life? (laughs) Yes. Do, am I reacting this strongly? Because I'm worried that there's some truth in what they're saying. Is this about my own body shame and my own negative weight talk and all that, you know, like, is this the baggage I'm carrying or is this theirs? And, and now I'm clearly like, they make a, they can't make a comment about their, a body or my body. And it's like, what Susie says about Sally says more about Sally than Susie. Like that's like, they're, they're separate. Like that's on them. That has nothing to do with me, but decide if you want to have the conversation, then be curious. You know, I think that's a great way to, if you're not super confrontational, if you don't want to be confrontational, like, why do you say that? Like, why? That's interesting. Why do you ask that? And then find your voice. Um, 
you know, Jen, I think we've talked about, like, you tend to be a little bit more like, nope, I don't want to do that. Like, we're not going to talk about that. Let's change the subject where I would be like, hey, look, squirrel, how about the Cubs? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like something like just totally redirect. Um, or you could be super sincere and honest and say, I'm sure you're coming from a place of love and you care, but your karma, your comments are hurtful. Your comments are alarming. They're concerning. What you fill in the blank. Or I'm really know? uncomfortable this when discussing my body or other women's bodies in a setting like this or period. Yeah. And you know what? It might get awkward. Yeah, like, that's a it thing. Might but get a little like. But change is uncomfortable, right? So right. if you know, we talk all the time in this podcast about needing a cultural shift, or we hear it all the time on social media, society needs to change. Well, guess what? We are society and change is uncomfortable. So this is going to be uncomfortable, but it doesn't have, discomfort doesn't mean mean-spirited. Discomfort doesn't even necessarily mean confrontational. It just means uncomfortable. And I think if women paid attention, they would actually see that there are many areas of our lives where women take on discomfort in order to not make the people around us uncomfortable. And I'm at the point where I'm like, why? Why do I have to take on that discomfort all the time? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as we've said numerous times already on this episode, if you can't find the courage to do that for yourself, maybe you can find the courage to do it for your kids. Absolutely. Yeah. And and if you're not there yet, if if you're just like creating awareness and like kind of getting your feet under you and kind of deciding what like where how you feel about your body and where you stand, like that's totally cool too. Like this wasn't an overnight process for the three of us. It's not like we just jumped from zero to a hundred and now we're like chop chop like nope we're not gonna do that like this was like a this was a process Definitely. Where, we, where we grew in our comfort to have these conversations is there time for me to share a quick personal story about just this as a reality yes so this is based on my own history of very disordered eating and lots of weight talk with my sisters and the effects of that. So my kids are a bit younger and I've been able to be on the ball with them from a younger age, which has been great. Um, my sister's children are older. Um, my younger sister, my older sister's has children as well. But anyways, I'm speaking about my younger, my younger sister's children. And so her daughter at nine years old... Um, she came to me once, I got to their house, she came to me, and she had just sprouted up. And, you know, different kids have different growth patterns, but what, um, with my niece, is she kind of plumped out first, and then she shot up. So, um, what happened when she shot up is that her jean shorts became too big on her around the waist. Um, and it happened in just a matter of a couple of months so I get there one day and she comes up to me and she's like auntie look auntie look and she was trying to show me the gap between her denim and her waist and I realized she's trying to show me and basically brag and get validation and connect with me that she has lost weight and she's nine years old but I also was hit with this just feeling like I wanted to throw up thinking of all the times I had shown up at their door to talk to my sister and the first thing out of my mouth was, I lost five pounds last week or I put on five pounds or, and her, and my sister's oldest daughter had just 
grown up with her aunt, who she loves and admires and looks up to so much. I'm pumping my own tires here, but I'm pretty sure that's how she feels about me. (laughs) Naturally. She has grown up with that quote-unquote cool auntie speaking like that around her. So, of course, she's now coming to me at nine years old and trying to connect with me over it the the same way she sees her mother in me connecting. And she's just trying to be part of our crew. And I was devastated and so not okay with it and so had to take a hard look at myself and go, this is not okay. This is not okay that our family talks like this. And I have been a big contributor to it and I will not do this anymore. So that was about five years ago now. So very happy to see it going in the other direction and what my sister says now, because now we're these empowered women (laughs) fighting (laughs) diet culture. She can't believe that her daughters have gotten to the age they have and not talked about dieting with her yet, where my sister remembers dieting at a way younger age than even her girls have. So there's hope. There's hope here, right? There's, we can make a huge impact. Absolutely. And, you know, I just had a little uh, lunch talk a couple weeks ago, and it was with a group of about 10 or 12 women, mostly moms. And they cannot, um, they kept expressing concern about how to say the right thing. Like they're so worried about saying the right thing when it comes to body talk and and how we talk about how to take care of our bodies and how to respond when they're talking about weight loss or how their body looks, or they want to wear makeup or they want to wear certain types of clothes. They're just so worried about saying the right thing that they sometimes don't say anything at all. And I think, um, you know, when they, they were asking about what to do and how to approach this, the first thing that came to mind was what Hillary McBride uh, in her Mother's Daughters and Body Image podcast, which if you haven't, if this is a topic that concerns you, if you haven't listened to that, please listen to that. Um, but she pretty much hammers home that perfection in this situation isn't required. It's intention and consistency that make the most difference. And so you don't have to say the right thing all the time. It's really your intent to have the conversation behind it. And just as I said, you can just be curious about when people make comments on your body, you can just be curious about what your kids are saying. Like, how do, how does that feel when this happens? How do, how do you feel about that? Did you enjoy that food? How's your body feeling? How did you feel when Aunt Jan or Uncle Ted made that comment about me or about your body? Or when Grandma said that about your plate, did you think about that at all? Like, it can just be as simple yeah. as that. The thing is, if we talk about diet culture brainwashing children and us, we we don't want to be on the other end brainwashing our kids, right? Like, I want to raise critical thinkers. And the way to do that, I think, is to ask them these questions and ask myself these questions and maybe, and you can even process it together, right? Like, that is totally okay. Yeah. But I think the key is, um, you know, is setting the boundary when you're, when you're ready and when you're comfortable and then to keep having these conversations with your family members, with your community, with your kids, like they're hard conversations. They can be uncomfortable. It can be a lot of emotional ties and baggage that come along with some of these conversations, but it's worth it. It's totally worth it. And I just want to, um, kind of wrap up by just acknowledging again that we've kind of touched on this, but there's work to be done kind of on sort of two levels here, the individual level, you know, like our own selves, like deciding what our own biases are, acknowledging those, creating awareness about our own behaviors, our own talk. Um, You know, like how many days, how many times a day do you talk about someone else's body 
or are you reading about someone else's body? Are you listening to comments about someone else's body? Um, at one point in my life, that consumed me. I talked about other people's body all the time. Right, or what articles are you clicking on where, you know, there's those little, like, clickbaity ads at the bottom. This, how this mom got, got her body back in three weeks. Or what yeah. this mom's abs looked like at four weeks postpartum. And then the picture just, like, cleverly hides. what it, And you're like... I, I gotta click on this. I gotta that see. was me constantly <laughs> reading about every single diet. Yeah, where now I'm, I just, you know, I know it's all BS. And I know the more we click on it, the more we are telling these marketers that we want to see more of it, right? And they'll just keep showing us more. So I'm like, nope. And on Facebook, I when I see stuff like that, I report it as inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, th there's definitely work to be done on an individual level, you know, our own behaviors, our shame, our conversations that we're having, and then on a community level, you know, the, yes. and, and, and community can mean just in your own home, you know, that's, yeah, yeah that's so maybe speaking where it starts. of that, um, I, I'll just share what I've been up to since my holiday is that I just completed my free to be talks facilitator training and I'm going to be teaching body image workshops in my children's school um, and I'm trained to be able to talk about this to boys and girls in grades six, seven and eight. And so that was me. That was on my vision board last year where, you know, we were doing all this work through Balance 365 and I was like, you know what? I really want to be out there in my community and I would love to start talking to children about this when they're younger. Um, so I just did that training and that's my way of contributing and being part of the conversation in my community. And I would encourage anybody who's interested in that to, to check out Free To Be Talks. It's a nonprofit organization out of Vancouver, Canada. But when I was on the training, there was... Um, lots of women from the states on the training as well um, who will be doing this in their schools but you can and that's the thing like don't do not you know we read these stats to you guys and it's shocking and you can sometimes feel powerless like how can I even stop this but you can and you can make a difference in your community and if all of us had that attitude the change would come. Mm -hmm. I, I just get chills and for club just like oh we could do this you guys like yes, <laughs> yes. yeah I think that's awesome snaps for Jen <laughs> thank, you. thank you very much <laughs> um, yeah anything to add Lauren anything you want to add before we wrap up um no I think you guys hit it all I know I was just kind of more a quiet bystander but you guys were just like in your groove and um I think you guys hit it out of the park I'll just I'll just note that as someone who experienced secondhand dieting and then the path that it led me down, like that fuels me to be the change and not be afraid to stand up and say like, Hey, this isn't okay. We're not going to talk about this. Oh yeah. I think that's, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, Jen, but I think that's why the three of us are in the business we're in. We're trying to be the change that we needed to, that we needed when we were younger. Yeah, totally. Like the yes. voice, the message, the solution, the opportunity that we needed when we were younger. And that's, you know, how we're paying it forward, so to speak. And I'm going to start crying, so I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyways, just to wrap up, when you're out of your bubble this holiday season, moving into the new year, moving into summer, spring and summer, um, don't be afraid to have a conversation. It, it doesn't need to be... Um, confrontational, argumentative. It could just be like, hey, I I, can we change the subject? I don't want to talk about this while my kids are in earshot. And um, 
you know, just start creating awareness and shifting the conversations that you're having within your home and with your girlfriends and um, with your family can make a really, really big impact. It's to me, it's I picture waves of an ocean and, you know, what one wave just kind of moves right into the other. And it's like we just all connect to each other um, eventually. Yeah. And if we're all on the same page, if we're all moving the same direction, we can make a really, really big impact on our own lives and more importantly, the lives of our kids. So they don't have to grow up in diet culture and and negative body image and weight talk and all that junk. So, yes, we do not have to normalize for them what was normalized for us. Right on. Yes. All right. Awkward ending. (laughs) As usual. I know. Here we go. It's like, I'm, you know what, that's on, that's going to be on my topic uh, or on my to-do list today. It's to find a way to wrap up the podcast that's not extremely awkward. That's not like, okay, bye. <laughs> okay, bye. No, but really, okay, thanks, guys. It Love was, you, bye. It was fun. Okay, bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by our online coaching course, Balance 365. If you're ready to say goodbye to quick fixes and false promises, and yes to building healthy habits and a life you're 100% in love with, then check out our program at balance365.co to learn more.